0: what up night nation on today's one night stand podcast we talk hurricane florence fallout possible makeup scenarios go through the ap rankings money moves picks of the week my nfl lock of the week do a little sc state game recap nights in the nfl and like always we go over some of your listener questions all right let's get started
1: yeah. with the
0: What up, Night Nation? It's Thursday, the 13th of September. I'm UCF Probs. And I'm Money Moo. The big topic everyone's talking about. North Carolina game canceled. I'm upset. I know when everyone else is. I'll say it here. only going to say this one time. Obviously, everyone's safety is our first priority, but at the same time, crushing blow. Third year in a row that we've had a game impacted by a hurricane. Second year in a row that we lose an ACC or a Power 5 game off our schedule. Just bad luck. What do you think, man?
2: Yeah, obviously, it's a crushing loss uh, for us. Well, technically, it wasn't a loss. It's not a game <laughs> played.
0: <laughs> loss off of our schedule, though.
2: You know, it could be worse. If, if UNC was 2-0, and which they're definitely not. They're yeah. 0-2. If they were 2-0 and and we had this as a statement game, you know, this would have been so devastating.
0: Yeah, people are saying our strength of schedule might actually go up. It's whatever. you know. We can sit here, I guess, and dwell on it all day, but at the end of the day, it's not going to change anything. It is what it is. Luckily, there's some games this week that can help us at least stay put or maybe move up in the rankings. The big one to keep an eye on, number 17, Boise State, obviously, who are hoping to get a loss. Our biggest competition for the possible Peach Bowl or Fiesta Bowl at the end of the year. They take on number 24, Oklahoma State. Number 12, LSU plays at number seven, Auburn, and number four, Ohio State plays at number 15, TCU. So these are all games where a loss could potentially boost us up in the standings, even though we're on a kind of bye week. Now, other teams may skip us, but
2: there is some potential for us to at least stay put or move up. Look, we, got, we have to control only what we can control. We need to turn all of our attention this week on FAU, September 21st, next Friday, you know, some people were saying that Milton was, maybe looked a little banged up after the UConn game. We'll get into it a little bit later, but uh-huh. definitely was not his Heisman self in the South Carolina State game. So it's really not the end of the world that he gets a little bit of extra rest uh, for this critical FAU matchup. I agree. I mean, it's almost, I guess, if
0: there could be perfect timing for something like this to happen... It's coming off a not-so-pretty game against SC State, but we, we will get into that later. All right, our new AP ranking is 18th, so we moved up one spot. We got passed by Boise, who was one behind us, only by like six votes, though. And that jackass, Sworn Petro, still left us off as top 25. But honestly, after this week, I, I can see why people didn't necessarily want to move us up from weeks past rankings.
2: Here's a scenario that that I want to talk about. Obviously, the UNC game is canceled this week for us. Now, if we go ahead and run the table, we win every one of our other games, and Boise State does as well. I mean, what do you th- what do you think about that? With, with us missing a game that could have potentially, you know, we could have put a statement together uh, well, on this
0: game. Here's the thing. I mean, it's a it's a mediocre P5 game we're, we're missing out on. We still have Pitt. It, it's going to come down to our conference games, I think. If USF can continue to win, they had a good win win against Georgia Tech last week. They play at Illinois. who's not good, but again, it's P5 this week. If they can keep winning games, and they play Houston also later down the road, They'll both probably be ranked then. That could lead to a a huge ranked showdown between us and them on Black Friday, November 23rd this year. And same thing goes with Boise's conference. They've got a couple teams on their conference schedule that if they keep winning games, might be ended up ranked. So it's going to come down to that. If we're both like neck and neck kind of tied even with this at the end of the year, though, Boise's going to have 12 wins and we're going to only have 11 possibly. I don't know. There's a lot of football left to play. And my best guess
2: is that probably both of us won't be undefeated. So we won't have to have this conversation. Yeah, I know there's a lot of football, but I love, you know, all the (laughs) different scenarios. So let's just talk about them. So this would be the perfect best case scenario. So USF plays Houston, right? Later on in the year. So what if USF won out? Yeah, You know, they beat Houston and Houston's only loss is to USF. And then UCF was undefeated until Black Friday. So we play USF. We play USF. More than likely USF has to be in the top twenty five. We'll still be in the top twenty five. We beat USF. Then the conference championship will beat a top twenty five Houston. How could you leave us out of the playoff then? Again, it <laughs> it just depends. I don't know the the makeup of the
0: Mountain West, but they could have a similar situation. They're regarded kind of similarly as us. So if they have teams that go undefeated, they'll creep up in the rankings as Power Five teams drop out. Um, but yeah, you're right. You make a compelling case for UCF that way. Um, you know, like you said, control we can control, and just root for our opponents every week, besides when they play us, because. I know how much we hate usf but i learned last year that we need to root for them because it helps us to have them ranked except in our game on black friday of course (laughs) all right so i touched on some games to look for this week all right let's move on to the south carolina state game recap let's talk about what what did we like first anything stick out to you
2: Yeah, a couple things stuck out to me. Number one, congratulations to Gabriel Davis on his first 100-yard receiving game, hopefully the first of many more. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised to see that was his first 100-yard game since he was so involved in the offense last year. Other things that I liked, Adrian Killen's two touchdowns, adding to his one against UConn. That's three on the year. Uh, He had a nice punt return. I think it was either a punt return or a kick return. I think it was a kick not, return. Not for a touchdown, but gained some good yardage. Shout-out to Greg McCrae a back-to-back weeks with a, t- with a touchdown. Give that kid the ball yeah. some more. Everyone's getting involved. The rushing game looked good.
0: Again, lots of carries for everyone. They got Juice involved a little bit more out of the backfield. He had, I think, about the same carries as, uh, as AK, too. They got everyone touches. Uh, so the, the rushing game definitely looked good. Also... I think our offensive line has played really well Stellar. Jordan, still
2: no sacks given up, by the way. Th-
0: third Johnson boy, Jordan Johnson, had another really good game. And I guess another thing that I liked was the defense played really well. It's like night and day compared to UConn. Obviously, this is an FCS team. They're not as fast. They're not as strong. But these are still college athletes. The defense played really well, even despite how our turnovers on offense. The safeties have been just absolutely awesome. Richie Grant, Kyle Gibson, both interceptions, both our highest-rated players on defense. Pat Jasinski, again, led the team in tackles. Deidrean Sweat got back in his first action since last season when he was injured. He played really well. So I think the defense
2: was definitely a highlight. Yeah, the defense really stepped it up. I kind of called him out last week with the zero sacks. Got four this week, 11 total tackles for loss and back-to-back games of three takeaways. Now, for me, I think turnovers are different than takeaways. Turnovers are when, you know, the quarterback bobbles the snap, and, you know, that's the quarterback's fault. A lucky take, turnover, right? Yeah. Takeaways is when our defense says, I want that ball, yeah. and they take the ball away from you. Correct. And that's what happened on these three this week.
0: No, it, it was good. It was good. Um, I hope our defense continues to improve. You know, the turnover battle, we, we were number one last year in turnover uh, turnover margin. That definitely can, you know, in close games, a, a turnover can can be the difference between a win and a loss. All right, so let's talk about some of the things we didn't like.
2: So I guess the big elephant in the room for this one is the play of Mackenzie Milton. So you look at it, 21 of 39, 243 passing yards, one touchdown, and then the three Ugh. interceptions. I, I started to think really about what this game was. It's an FCS opponent, South Carolina State, and the whole week we did it too, right? You know, yeah. we talked about it last week. You know, one of our listeners tweeted, "Oh, eighty to nothing." You know, they're keeping the 100 shutout, hundred nothing. I think I'm going to chalk it up to we just didn't get up for this game. I agree, and that's it. This is not what Mackenzie Milton is. This is freshman Milton. Okay, this is not junior Milton. It
0: was actually, if you look through pro football focus rankings, which I've been able to get off of uh, thanks to Brandon Helwig from UCFsports.com, the uh, the Dungeon message boards. He posts player ratings every week. They have analysts go through, watch all the tape. This was actually his third lowest rated game ever behind, I think, like his first ever game, Maryland, two years ago, and one other one. But he was actually rated under 50. I mean, so this was like an all-time worst game. But you know what? If there's any time to have it, It's this week when there was no chance of losing. Get it out of your system. It's a wake up call. We're going to step up. We got an extra week to practice. Get it all together and then look lights out like he did week one and pretty much all last
2: year for the rest of the season and bounce back on the Heisman train. Yep. I think he totally has it. He has it in him. The game plan and you know the the pent up excitement just wasn't there. I mean, an eleven penalty game that that's not UCF football. That's
0: not. We didn't have anything close to that. The first game and I rewatched the game because uh, I didn't remember it most of it for some reason. <laughs> but I rewatched it and besides the three picks, the first play of the game on offense, he threw a little bubble screen to, to the left side to Gabe Davis and the DN jumped over his cut block. Tipped the ball to himself, dove. It was actually ruled an interception. Hit the ground. They challenged it, and we got it back. There was that, and then there was another play where it was the defender dropped a wide open interception. Even some of our completions, the balls just didn't look there. It was just off. And like you said, it's out of our systems, and we can just look forward and uh, pretend like it never happened.
2: Man, how the how the tides have turned. You know, the last time that we played South Carolina State, former coach Scott Frost's first game in the bright house we won by the exact same score 38 to nothing and i remember leaving that game you know feeling elated <laughs> hallelujah yeah. we we won a game it was our first game after the 0 12 season it's our first and win
0: since the conference championship 2014
2: and i did not feel anywhere near that excited with the same exact score the same venue the same teams the same yeah. everything
0: i mean we're so used to playing good opponents and this wasn't won, and you know we just beat Auburn, and this game doesn't matter. So it's whatever, man. It, it's over. But we won, and we didn't give up any points.
2: Oh, I know. So. It, it's just crazy to think how far we've come in the last you know, two and a half years. We're, we've gotten
0: kind of spoiled as a fan base. A couple other things I want to talk about. Dredrick Snelson had a punt return um, where he slipped on the four-yard line and his butt hit, and he was down. They didn't call it dead. Kept on running, took it back for a
2: touchdown, and then flipped the ball up at about the half-yard line. A la Deshaun Jackson. I was going to bring this up too. When they were reviewing that play, I thought that's what they were, were reviewing. Him, you know, tossing the ball into the end zone at like the one yard line. I had no idea, you know, that he was almost... Or that they did in fact call him down, yeah. you know, back on the other side he, of the he, field. He
0: was touched and he slipped. It was clearly down. I don't know what the, I think the refs had an off day too. I mean, just it but was clearly way. down. The guy was staring at him. His butt bounced off the ground and he got up. Yeah. There, whatever.
2: There's no room. There's no room in UCF football for that. Get it cleaned up, Snelson. Let's yeah. go. You're better than that.
0: He'll be all right. I'd already in Gabe Davis' interview, he mentioned that they they'd already talked to him about it. But you know what? If there's any team that we want to make mistakes against, and it's this FCS team. And m- moving on forward, uh, it's just, you know, regular lights out UCF football, I think. All right, so enough of that game. It was a win, 2 0, baby. 2 0. Let's do a little Power Six update, Moo. How did uh, how did our conference foes do this week?
2: All right, so a quick Power Six update. We got Houston, they were taking on Arizona. Houston wins 45 18. Power Six win. Our friends to the West, USF 49, Georgia Tech 38. Awesome. So that's another power six win. It was a thrilling game. And I think the surprise of the week was Navy 22, Memphis 21. Ouch. Memphis going down to Navy where after the first week, the drubbing of Mercer. Uh, <laughs> I really thought Memphis's offense yeah. looked pretty good, but I guess maybe Navy's defense is something
0: if we've learned anything, week one blowouts of FCS teams don't mean jack because look at what UF did. They also won 55-0 and then, oops, broke their uh, like 21-game winning streak against
2: Kentucky last week.
0: Memphis did the same thing, blew out a team and then lost to Navy. Navy's a little bit better, but whatever.
2: Hey, and another, another team to be on the lookout for is Cincinnati. They beat UCLA on the road last week, and this week – also on the road against Miami of Ohio, you know, All not right. not the same as UCLA, but they did win twenty-one zip.
0: Okay, that's good. I mean, we play them later in the year, and they look decent last year when we when we played them. So, next
2: up, my favorite segment, Money Moves Picks of the Week. Aw, it's my favorite segment too. All right, guys, Money Moves Picks of the Week. If you listened to the last episode, which of course you did. Or at least I hope you did, because we went 4-0 last week. That's four wins, zero losses, getting you in the win column. We had Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Boise State, and Arizona State all winning, and I forgot to lay out any money on the parlay. They
0: all won pretty easily, too, right?
2: Yeah, it actually wasn't even close, yeah. and you were... Disagreeing with me on the Texas A&M, yeah. saying that Clemson was going to blow them out. Uh, yeah. A&M almost wins straight up. Unranked Arizona State, a straight up winner over the 15th ranked Michigan State. So I yeah. feel just as confident about these three picks this week. I know it's kind of downtrending, but quality <laughs> five, over quantity. quality over quantity. First week it gave you five. I only went two and three. I'll be honest. Second week, only four, but 4-0. So now you're at 6-3. and 6-3 and three on the season. We have three clear-cut winners here for you this week. All right, let's hear them. First game, we're going to take Vanderbilt plus 14.5 versus Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish, extremely overrated in my opinion. They beat an overrated Michigan team in the first week. Following it up in the second week, they only beat Ball State by eight points. Both times they didn't score more than 24, and Vandy's defense is only giving up eight and a half points a game. I know it's a small sample size, but I watched both of the Notre Dame games, and to me, the eye test it just didn't pass. All right, so Notre
0: Dame, uh, they like to drink a lot, they're Irish. Vanderbilt. Uh, I don't even know where that is on a map. Somewhere in Tennessee. In Tennessee. So, so you figure those guys are pretty good drinkers. They got the moonshine and everything like that. So I figure they're about even. So I'll take the 14 and a half on this one.
2: I don't really know anything about either of these teams. What's so next? that's Vanderbilt plus 14 and a half. The second pick is my game of the week. We're going to take North Texas plus seven against Arkansas. So North Texas had a nice opening weekend win against American team SMU. Their quarterback, Mason Fine, actually leads the country in passing yards for the first two weeks with 862. Oh, man. Meanwhile, Arkansas lost to Colorado State, who is a bottom 15 team in the country in the power rankings. Absolute garbage. They blew a 27 9 lead late in the third and lost 34 27. It's really hard to come back from that, and they'll be looking ahead as they face Auburn the week after, so it's a classic trap game.
0: Uh, you know what, Moo? I'm just gonna trust you on this one after last week because I only bet on one of your games. I'm really regretting it. So there's two winners. What's what do we got for the third one?
2: Alright, so for the third pick, another money in the bank game. We're taking Troy on the road plus eleven and a half against Nebraska. Boo Nebraska still looking for their first win. I think they do get it here, but not by eleven and a half points. Troy is is a good team. They lost to Boise State, but they bounced back last week against FAMU 59-7 for a nice confidence boost. On the other side, Nebraska's quarterback is a little banged up, and he's a huge part of the Nebraska offense as he led the Huskers in rushing last game as well. So we're going to take Troy plus 11.5 against Nebraska. I'm always down to bet against Nebraska.
0: You know what? I love Frost and Company. Thank you for your service for us. But at the same time, eh, I don't want to see you win right away. Now, I really think he's going to win a national championship one day. But nothing makes me happier than seeing him lose. Because at the end of the day, he did
2: leave us. Let's recap real quick. We're going to take all underdogs this week. Vanderbilt plus 14.5 against Notre Dame. North Texas plus 7 versus Arkansas. And Troy plus 11.5 versus Nebraska. Let's, let's get, get that money. All right, let's move on to my
0: NFL locks of the week. Hope you guys got rich last week off my two picks. Broncos minus three at home versus Seahawks. That one actually pushed, but I'm still happy with the bet. Uh, Could have won either way, but I'll I'll take a push. Push is better than a loss, obviously. My second pick, which I I went on on and on about, even posted it on Twitter. I, I didn't even care if you guys listen to the podcast. I just wanted to get it out there. The Rams playing on the road against the Raiders. It was a blowout. They beat them by 20. The Raiders scored a touchdown on the first drive of the game. Couldn't do jack after that. Very easy money. There's a lot of imbalances and stuff on the spreads at the beginning of the year, and it's a really good time to pick out winners. Made a lot of money off that. Made me happy. All right, so this week I've only got one. And NFL is tough because all the spreads one are One game.
2: We're, we're going backwards.
0: <laughs> we're going backwards here. You know what? One one and zero is better than one and one. But that's one. right.
2: We're taking quality over quantity. Remember that. Yep.
0: Oh, All right, so I've got the Giants plus three at Dallas. Now, I watched both of these games, the Giants playing the Jaguars and Dallas play the Panthers, and both games were very low scoring, but Dallas just looks like a shit show. They, They don't have it together. They can't move the ball. They just don't look good. They've gotten worse the last two seasons. The Giants, on the other hand, showed sparks of life, and they were really able to move the ball at times, but the Jags' defense is just so good. They were taking the ball away. They stopped him on drives. Odell Beckham eight. He had 11 catches for over 100 yards. Dallas's defense is not going to be able to stop him. They're not going to be able to stop Saquon like the Jaguars did. I think the Giants, they're giving him plus three. I might actually take the money line in this game because the Giants are going to Dallas, and they're going to beat them in Jerry's world. Make this pick and get that money, man.
2: Hey, Giants plus three. I... I don't know. I'm going back and forth on this. I don't really know a whole whole lot about NFL, but I am kicking myself for not taking the Rams last week like you told <laughs> like he told me. Um, I but. was. I mean, I tried to be as convincing as possible, and, yeah, I wasn't that sold on
0: the Broncos, but I'm telling you, the Rams is easy. And if you want a couple other bets this week, I'm not like 100% on these. These don't count as NFL locks. Well, here we go. Well, I do like the Chargers. A couple small leans, we'll yeah. say. Yeah. Small leans. For example, the two bets that I put on the air – I put $200 each on. Then I had a couple smaller $25 bets on other bets. So these are going to be like the smaller $25 bets. The Chargers minus 7 at Buffalo. Buffalo couldn't do anything last week. They don't have any quarterback. Josh Allen is terrible. Uh, their other
2: guy, Peterman, stinks. I mean, just Buffalo is the worst team in the NFL this, this year. They're the 2017 Browns. The, the Browns also look terrible. How do you win the turnover battle
0: 5-0 and you're down 21-7 in the fourth quarter? It takes a special kind of stupid from the coaching staff to be able to be that bad. And that's sure what the, the Browns, Browns are. are. Yeah, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, Browns going to Browns. Another small bet I'm going to put in, again, just like 20 bucks, whatever. The Broncos minus six at home versus the Raiders. Again, John Gruden leading the dumpster fire into Denver. Denver looks good. Oakland does not. Pretty simple. But, yeah, my, my one lock of the week, Giants plus three at Dallas. I'm saying take the money line on this one. Let's get rich. All right, let's get to our last segment here. Heisman Watch. Michael Calubiali, zero catches on one target. Really zero? Come on, Coobs. Well, again, he was the big decoy, so McKenzie could, I don't know, throw some interceptions. Throw three <laughs> Whatever. three picks. Whatever. Here's the thing. We don't want to show our hand. We're running a real vanilla offense here. Basic plays. We can't, you know, they've got all the, the big money plays for Calubiali.
2: Those are in his back pocket for these these other games later down the season. That is true. What was that one play that they did last year? I think it was against Maryland. Where, where... he fell. <laughs> The turf monster came <laughs> up. Yeah, <that's laughs> a, le-
0: legend. Somebody cut that up with like a sniper and made it into a video. I think it was like the UCF walk-ons Twitter or something. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'll tweet that out. But yeah, he just falls. There. Luckily, he made up for it with an awesome touchdown grab against Cincinnati later in the season to get him that score. Other Heisman contenders. Will Greer had four touchdowns and one interception. He kind of seems to be the front runner along with Tua Taguelia. Tag- uh, over at Bama, but again, I'm expecting big things from McKenzie. It's still very early in the season and I think he's gonna be able to really jack up those stats as we move on. Alright, our our last segment here, let's do some listener questions. All right. Eric Arvon asks what would you do with a hundred million donation budget to improve the bounce house? I think I'd have a better selection of food in the concession stands. That kind of stunk. What do you
2: think, Moo? So my, my game day experience this time around, I thought I didn't wait in line for the bathroom. I went a couple times. What there were huge lines for were all the concessions. Honestly, at that point, I didn't care what the hell they were serving at the concessions. If it was uh, if it was a smaller line, I would have went into it. I yeah. would have found something to just eat. I really didn't some, care.
0: shove something in your mouth, right?
2: But there's 45,000 seats or so at the stadium okay michigan when we went up a couple years ago they have 110,000. i didn't wait in line that long for anything it's stupid and you know
0: what ends up happening if you're not like super hungry or thirsty you don't wait for anything so we're losing revenue from that but i know i'm sure danny white's been on top of it because we all got surveys and stuff and everyone probably pretty much said the same thing in those
2: right and he's good at adapting to you know some of the comments and concerns right uh, for people but one of the things is why don't they have people selling you know food and drinks like walking up and down the aisles and stuff.
0: Cold beer here. Yeah. Or cold
2: coke. Co- coke. Even a water. Yeah. Like, Jesus, I would have taken taken anything. I, I, I,
0: whenever there's a person walking around with water, I always buy one because I'm so drunk. It's like I need like I need to hydrate. I'm dying. Come on, help me. The
2: All other right. thing was the line to get into the game. Uh, yeah. No, the line was terrible. I just I kind of skipped. I mean, I understand the security should be high, and I respect and admire UCF for taking our safety very seriously, but, I mean, there has to be a faster way to get everyone into the stadium.
0: Yeah, just have more, like, ticket ticker people. And one other thing I'd like to add was, uh, and I don't know if UCF can do anything about this, but the cell phone service was terrible. It was the worst I can ever remember it. I don't understand why. It's not like the tailgate was massively packed like it has been for, for P5 opponents in years past. I don't know what happened. I couldn't get any of my texts to send.
2: Yeah, I didn't really notice that because I don't have any friends. Right <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> no, you were actually tailgating and not on your phone all time, all the time.
2: Yeah, exactly. The next question we have from UCF Knights Watch: We want to know if we should be concerned with the Hillsborough Cows after their win over Georgia Tech. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. They're they're two and zero. They seem to be doing better than some people expect, and no matter what. I feel like every year USF always gives us their best. Even the, in the Fiesta Bowl year when they were down, I think they were like 3 and 9 or 4 and 8 or something. They almost beat the us. The game was still close. They almost beat us and kept us out of the Fiesta so, Bowl. A rivalry game, you know, no matter what their record is, if they're really good or really bad, you know, both teams are going to bring their best
0: always. Just like, you know, when they were probably a lot better than us in 2016, we still were competitive with them. Probably it was closer than it should have been. Well, that jackass uh, Taggart ran the ball in at the end, costing me the point spread. It cost me like 400 bucks on that one play. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it. Next question. Tyler Swift asks, would you rather be a scholarship kicker on a national championship team or would you rather be a YouTube megastar? I don't know because destroying is just like kind of like a like C-list YouTuber. it's not really a megastar. And he wasn't even a kicker. He was a uh, he was a kickoff specialist. I don't know. I think I'd rather be on the team and get a ring, but he can make his money off his stupid little videos or whatever. Good for him. You know, I, I wasn't mad at him for doing it. I was just mad at him when he sued UCF. But you know what? He's a jackass. I don't care. I actually challenged him to a boxing match
2: the other day, and he didn't DM me back, so screw him. Whatever. The next question we have is from Maurice Gibson interesting here. I never really thought about this, but he said, what school is adding the least value to the AAC and who would you replace them with? I'll give you my answer. I think it's Tulsa. Okay. They're literally adding nothing. The, the market is small. The school is small. There's no real rival, you know, for Tulsa. And the team that first comes to mind that I would add them with that's probably close to reality is FAU. I think they are a growing school. They're in a lower conference, but I mean it's the American. It's not like we're gonna add freaking uh, Notre Dame. Too or many anything.
0: Florida teams that way, then it sucks into our recruiting. I'd say add Boise State would be the the most logical team to add.
2: But I would get rid of
0: Tulane. They have the lowest attendance every year. Their average last year was sixteen thousand. They're not good in any sport. Like, Wait, is USF is that is it more than sixteen thousand at USF? I think games? USF's like twenty. But also, you know, other teams that don't have necessarily good football programs like UConn have good basketball programs, or used to have good basketball programs, so it evens out. I can't think of anything Tulane's good in, although their football team's a little bit on the up and up. All right, next question here. This is from D-Rob. One stone-cold lock for a three-team parlay? Well, I mean, I'd say I'd do one of our locks of the week, either the Giants or Moose pick, which was?
2: The game of the week, North Texas plus seven. Easy money. Really, if you want easy money, I only have three picks this week, and they're all money, so just do a three-team on that.
0: Just parlay all of them.
2: All right, let's see.
0: Milton's last game. Let's be honest. If any other team's quarterback threw three interceptions, he would not have been in the game as long as Milton was. He seemed to be out of rhythm the whole game. You think it was the pace of Hype's offense, or they just never got himself planted? I'm going to take a different direction with this. We already talked about him being off, whatever. I don't know why he was in the game when we were up 38 to nothing. I mean, I guess you wanted to get extra reps for your offense, but at that point, I mean, it just wasn't clicking. Get him out of the game and avoid injury, I think, is what I... I mean, it's thirty-eight to nothing. What do you think?
2: I completely agree. Although Mac was a total one eighty from the first game where we saw him, and he was one of four for like seven yards. And I think the entire fourth quarter we didn't throw a pass.
1: Yeah, did I think we? He attempted I, like
2: I feel like the fourth passes. quarter total actual time only took like fifteen minutes. I, yeah, I, I, I left at that point. Or, I don't remember. I'll plead the fifth, but anyway, all right. Next question comes from Scott Huskins Do we know if there was or is anything being done to make our game up or plans for adding another game? Probs, I think you have some insider info on this.
0: Well, not insider info, but if you look at it, there's no incentive for us to make up this game. The reason we had a makeup game last year was because we lost two games, both home games. So, not only were our season ticket holders missing out on two of their seven home games, but we were cut down to ten games if we didn't give up our bye week for a makeup. We still have eleven games. That's okay. We didn't lose a conference game. So to reschedule a game during our bye week, I mean I know Nebraska has a an open date and I know we you know Virginia Tech could switch something around, but there's no real incentive. We're okay with eleven games. It stinks that it happened, but I just don't see it happening. I mean unless we lose another one, knock on wood. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. All right, a uh, couple more questions. EA Sports OG asks, "Why did Tristan Hill not play?" What I heard was that he kind of had a minor injury, and they—I guess—they didn't really need him this game. Why risk suffering a setback heading into UNC? I think he wanted to be a hundred percent, so he was just resting up. I think. All right, one last question here. Phil Nunziata the third, what's your opinion of the gold number jerseys from the past two games in USF last year? I like them. Bought one last game. Most people don't seem to share my opinion they're okay they're better than like our 2015 jerseys but the gold number it's first of all it's not gold it's fucking khaki it just doesn't look good and then the white collar with the white sleeves it doesn't go our regular black jerseys with the white numbers and the giant pegasus logo are so much better the white version doesn't look as bad but they're not as good as the other jerseys I I don't get where we're going I I don't know. I heard a bunch of rumors that like Nike had some extra jerseys and there was some guy in the athletic department that now doesn't work here and took them. I don't really know what it is, but it does feel like we're taking a step back with these jerseys. I think these are the only white ones we're going to have because the players were allowed to keep their white Peach Bowl jerseys last year, so I'm guessing the khaki-numbered ones are a replacement. I don't really know, but you know what? I mean, If we're arguing about wardrobes and shit, then we could have worse problems as a football program.
2: Yeah, my opinion is I don't really care, and it does nothing for the product on the field, so... Just win games. Also, don't buy a jersey. Buy a polo. Polos are uh, manlier. You'll get
0: laid wearing a polo. You make friends in jerseys. Anyway. All right, that's all we got today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for submissions. We'll talk to you guys again next week. One other thing. I'm going to the Memphis game now. I'm going to I'm working on some events. We'll have another Friday night again and then a uh, Saturday post-game after-party, so be on the lookout.
2: The Memphis game is on October 13th, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore problems and at UCF, all one word. Go Knights. Charge on.